Welcome to the Strong Society Podcast, where we dive into high-value conversations surrounding health and wellness, business leadership, and life topics. Our goal is to build a stronger you, both physically and mentally, in all aspects of life. You're not going to want to miss this, so let's dive in. favorite dessert i think favorite food i'm pretty simple just a burger and fries so it has to be the combo i can't have the burger without the fries yeah who does that i don't know but i can definitely have the fries by themselves that's true (laughs) that's like a double standard for me um favorite dessert would probably be key lime pie Mm -hmm. but also like a dark chocolate truffle like cake or ice cream or something like that oh yeah dark truffle um, ice cream with like cashew milk yeah, made with yeah. that, right? That's like my my thing. Nice. Is there a vegan non dairy key lime pie? I haven't found a bakery that has a full vegan key lime pie, but I have found little like key lime bites, like okay. the small ones at Whole Foods that they have. That's um, true. And those, I mean, they you know they get the fix done for me. <laughs> yeah. Remember recently on on Thanksgiving too, we wanted a um. We wanted to stop at Whataburger in Texas. That was a big thing for us. And, and we wanted to see how we can do it. And we ended up doing, um, what was it? A sim- sim- simply basically like a burger. It's just like remove the meat. burger, but like they don't have a veggie patty. It's just like basically all the fixing. So it's like right. bread, the bun, with then like lettuce. And then we went and bought those little onions, plant-based yeah. chicken patties. It was freaking amazing. Yeah, that was good. And then the fries and the ketchup. The fries, was perfect. yeah. That was, that was awesome. But kind of, I mean, that could possibly be a cheat meal. But speaking of cheat meals, I, you know, that's obviously something that we practice, especially with our clients too, is to be be flexible, right? Um, give yourself a time where, you know, not a day, but like a meal where you're saying, you know what, this is my cheat meal for the, for the week. What is your favorite cheat meal? It's probably pasta, and I think you can make pasta healthy, but I think it's usually higher in carb, higher in fat. Um, so I think probably, fat with the oil. Because well, bread and oil, for well, me... Okay, I'm not talking about the bread and oil <laughs> that you're obviously referring to. I think just like, just the regular pasta, like, because mm. it'll have like, you know, cheese or marinara, or, you know, depending what kind of, you know, plant-based stuff we're putting in it. Olive Garden? I don't... Honestly, I don't Dang. really care for Olive Garden. Like, Dang. I'd rather make my own Italian food or go to, like, a good, good Italian restaurant. Like Yeah, we haven't been to Olive Garden in... Damn. Yeah. Like, um, I also like, like, homemade pasta. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't make it by any means, but mm. whenever I say, I me like, and Casey went to New York, pasta. they had, like, homemade pasta at that one restaurant oh, yeah, we went nice. to, and it was, like, you can taste the difference. It's, like... For sure. With homemade pasta versus, like, packaged pasta. So, um, pasta, cheat meal? Yeah, for okay. sure. What about at home? Is it also pasta? What do you what what meal do you enjoy cooking the most at home? I enjoy cooking pasta, um, just because you can do different varieties of it. Mm-hmm. So I can do like a marinara based pasta, or like make a vegan Alfredo, like the one I made yesterday. I would um, say one of the things I really enjoy you making enchiladas. Oh yeah, yeah, like the vegan ones. I don't awesome. like making them. 
No. Um, but I love you, so I do okay. it. No, um, I, I just enjoy eating them. It's um, it's a lot of like a step process. Like you have mm-hmm. to prep the stuff, warm up the tortilla, like do all that. So I don't. I think pasta is more fun to cook because you're just like cooking the pasta, mixing up the sauce, adding different things to it. So it's like you get to experiment with it. And with enchiladas, like right. I can maybe experiment with like the seasoning of the filling, but it's yeah. not the same for me. So then, one one more for you though. Sorry to cut you off. I think you cook a crazy good um, biscuits and gravy. Oh, you make yeah. the homemade gravy. You add rosemary to it. Like, yeah. Freaking amazing. Like I think even, and granted the, the biscuits aren't homemade or anything, but they're. Yeah, they are. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what? You're the one that always asked me to open up the container. I know. I'm like, I can't but, open um, this. But no, the gravy is awesome. Like when we're eating them, I'm like, holy shit. And again, all plant-based, you know, all all it, vegan, which is freaking amazing. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean it's like low calorie right. or anything. It's still, you know, a very dense And that's what we have meal. to be aware of. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, you know, made naturally. So that's cool. <laughs> that's good. You do like the biscuits and gravy. Um, but I feel like we've got, I mean. I've, I love that stuff. Yeah. I've had fun making like some of your favorite dishes and then turning them into like vegan recipes because I do like cooking. So it's been kind of fun to experiment with like what works, what doesn't Mm -hmm. looking up recipes and then kind of making them your own. And I think what we just had last night. So talking about pasta, that pasta that you made last night where you kind of discovered it like a month ago or a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. where you're like, you know what? I want to make a pasta an Alfredo sauce with tofu and what is it feta cheese and parm and, and it's all plant-based stuff high with protein yeah freaking the tofu. yeah good. That, that one oh is really God. good yeah i just saw a bunch of different things and then mixed took i always take stuff from different yeah, recipes you, and just kind of make it my own that's, that's why i'm like with bake. bacon i'm like you know what i have to follow one fourth teaspoon of this one fourth, and you're just like throwing stuff in a, in, in the yeah, pot like and a little you're, mad scientist but yeah, it works it that's why out. that's why i like cooking i don't i freaking hate baking yeah I'm not, I'm not good at that. Um, what's your favorite food and your favorite dessert? I'm pretty simple. I mean, burger and fries as well. Just just a simple guy. Simple guy. Um, burger and fries as well. At this point, you know, it's tough to find a vegan made burger. That's, that's like that. I like, I'm not a really big fan of, of black bean patties just because they don't, um, I don't know. They don't, they don't really like stick together too well. Sometimes they'll be falling apart, but then also, like the taste, the little irony taste of black beans in that patty kind of throws me off a little bit. I like black beans themselves, but just yeah. like in bowls or something like that. And then, um, of course, you know, fries are fries. Fries are amazing. Fries are life. And the, um, and then if I had to choose a number one favorite dessert, I think would be a carrot cake for sure. And it reminds me too when I wasn't vegan. Remember when when Casey made me that carrot cake for my birthday yeah you were so happy like you yeah, you were really excited about the cake it was like falling was, apart because she had oh to drive with it but you're like it's still good it's freaking amazing but um i actually made a carrot a vegan carrot cake remember about a yeah. month ago i took it out of the oven and i tried to flip it over and it just broke crumbled yeah, so it was like carrot cake crumble crumble uh, i actually have good. that yeah i have that video saved maybe i'll i'll upload it just to kind of because i recorded the whole process because i was like you know what i'm gonna record this awesome vegan carrot cake and then at the end it's so funny because i have that part too where i'm flipping it over and it just like crumbles everywhere and i'm like oh my god so then i just chop it up and i make a little crumble thing whatever but it's good i would take carrot cake okay what's your favorite cheat meal 
cheat meal i'd have to say i'd have to say pizza but like a really good made vegan pizza not you know i know you and i will get like a box of vegan pizza every now and then but a good brick oven made vegan pizza like in austin texas pine house pizza yeah or like that pizza we had in mexico was really good yeah or or here in virginia you know um what's that Uh, shroom that that no mellow mushroom mellow mushroom yeah uh-huh. Every now and then, I mean, it, it's good, but um, yeah, I would say a pizza, pizza is, is pretty solid. And then this one's funny because you don't cook like I feel like you. Oh, Mel, do, you, do I enjoy cooking? Yeah, at home? I feel like you don't get like super in the zone with cooking. You just kind of just like cook food, just to like cook food, like when you cook. Mm. Yeah. But what do you like cooking? It really depends. You know, I think, I think I want to get from point A to point B, which is cooking it and then eating it yeah. as quick as possible. <laughs> And so, and I, and I really appreciate, and I mentioned this on a, on a previous episode, like some of the stuff, like when, whenever I watch Netflix shows, it's usually like some type of chef making something and, or the chef show with Roy Choi. And I love how they put everything together. And that's really, honestly, it's inspiring. Cause I'm like, man, it, it pumps me up and, and whatnot. But whenever I get in the actual moment, it's, it's hard for me to really put that together, but I can make an awesome Asian dish. I can put rice in a rice maker and, and get that going and then some i've done you know teriyaki tofu and sesame tofu and um and i can do spaghetti like i've done some some good stuff yeah yeah you're a great cook <laughs> thanks <laughs> oh my god well what's up guys welcome to episode nine as you guys have probably guessed at this point we're talking about food on this episode nutrition dieting we want to throw in some grocery tips and also what we practice with our clients at the strong society which is flexible eating which for us and in our opinion is is probably the best way to sustain a healthy eating lifestyle again coming from ashley and i who have both done you know some physique competitions ashley more than me that's really difficult if not I don't want to say impossible because there's people who, who are like that all year long, but it's not healthy, right? To stay super shredded at that point. So we want to say, you know what? There is a flexible way to sustain not only a healthy lifestyle and physique, but still be able to have our, our fun with our food and, and our cheat meals here and there. So for clients who are with the Strong Society community right now and who are who are app users, they can probably attest that you know the recipes and meals and all that stuff that's provided on there is is pretty awesome. Being able to go and I remember seeing this one time, I'm like, damn, you know what? They got a bowl of, of shredded wheat on here and it's packed with protein and and all this good stuff. And especially like for me, how I pair it with with Ripple um, dairy free milk, which has eight grams of protein per cup. There are ways to really make what you're doing, your nutrition, your dieting, your food, all that stuff, really make it fun, you know? And so it's not, it doesn't feel like so much pressure. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I think taking the stigma off of, you know, labeling foods as good and labeling foods as bad, right, you know, yeah. there's all food is good and all food can be bad if over consumed. Sure. So that's I a like great that, way to know, put it. A lot of the recipes we have, you know, on there for our clients, they're, they're versions of food that they would probably already be eating. You know, we have tacos, we have, you know, steak, we have, you know, stir fries. Awesome we have, bowls. Yeah, yeah, we have stuff like that. And then we have, you know, quick lunches, whether it's salad, a sandwich, like, mm-hmm. you know, those things can all be macro like friendly and healthy if you, um, 
if you practice moderation and you're, yeah. you know, you're knowledgeable of what's in everything, what the food actually contains, I think is the biggest thing. So it's nice to give them that flexibility because obviously restriction is, is the quickest way mm-hmm. to fail or fall off on, on any plan that you embark on. Yeah. And it's tough, you know, cause I mean, you and I are both very aware of, of like the real stats out in this world and things that we all need to be, to be aware of. I mean, speaking on some of the stats, you know, Right now, 41.9% of American adults have obesity, you know, with kids really kind of getting, you know, that, that follow in line, you know, one of six kids are classified as obese and one of every three are considered overweight for their age, for their size, all that, which is super unfortunate because, you know, especially, you know, for all the, the parents out there, you know, maybe what they're kind of doing and and how they were raised it's really trickling down to the kids so and so for us you know with the strong society we really want to kind of change that and really support and help change those lifestyles because it's not only affecting one person it's affecting generations after that but you know as many know heart disease is is the number one cause of death not only in in the u.s but that's worldwide with high blood pressure, cholesterol, all coming from, you know, the foods that we eat. And we don't think about this too often because in the moment or how we're raised, we're really not taught a lot of this stuff, you know, or not. I I wasn't, I wasn't taught. It was just like, Hey, this is what you're going to (laughs) eat. And you know, our parents didn't have that. They didn't have all the resources that we have accessible to us. Right. So I think, you know, really taking advantage of the resources that, you know, now we have, obviously we're not parents, but that now, you know, a lot of the, everybody has access to those resources. So, you know, learning better so you could be healthier yourself, but then passing that down to your kids, your family and your friends. I think that's really changing their trajectory essentially. Exactly. But you know, not only like these stats, but the overall effect that what you eat, your nutrition, your diet has on your mood, has on your well-being, you know, has on the effect of depression and anxiety. Why do you think so many people, when they say, you know what, um, I was going through these really depressing episodes, having a lot of anxiety, and when they're encouraged to get some physical activity, like everything changes. You know, they're like, I stopped taking medication, you know, just because I started making a morning walk part of my routine every day. Then I started going to the gym and I started becoming a lot healthier. I got off my, my meds, you know, I'm not experiencing those depressing episodes anymore. It's really amazing. And there's so much research on that, which is, is what you and I are are all about for sure. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not the type to ever recommend any type of prescription pills or anything. And I think there's a lot that we can unravel with somebody. And a lot of the time it'll point to certain poor habits and traits that they can start to change that day and see progress moving forward. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, changing habits and if you want to feel better, you have to do better. You have to, you know, change little things. And again, it doesn't have to be anything drastic. Like you mentioned, you know, going for a walk, getting outside and getting some fresh air and some natural sunlight instead of, you know, sitting inside and just watching TV, you know, watching TV, Yes, you know, we, we all do it. Not going to say we don't, but I think limiting that and limiting screen time and just, you know, being doing more things that are simple things that are good for your health. And obviously eating is a big part of that. But I think, you know, learning to eat 
for fuel and for right. your body and not so much emotional eating, which for I sure. think is a big thing. Huge. Um, so I think, you know, learning to differentiate the two, are you really hungry or are you just bored? And, you know, things of that nature are huge when it comes to, to nutrition and to con- controlling, you know, your habits with nutrition that you may have developed over the years. Yeah. And we kind of unraveled a little bit, but we're speaking to a lot of the the stigma and the misconception that comes with just the words nutrition and dieting, right? You know, and I'll be first to speak like when I was younger and and even into my 20s and whatnot, when you when you hear the word diet, you think of like, you know, these eating salads all day, you think of um, all those earlier diet fads and whatnot. And and it just seems like something that's just like a quick fix, but it's not something that you want to be a part of when in fact, like nutrition and dieting, it is talking about your lifestyle, essentially, you know, like what you're eating just in general, what does your diet consist of? But why do you think that these two words specifically, nutrition and dieting have such a bad rap to them? I think because a lot of people for one, fad diets. There's a lot of fad diets out there. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people try these fad diets because they are fad diets. They're not sustainable long-term. They're not realistic. So you try them for a while, you may have success, but then you fall off and it's easier to gain the weight back when you practice so much restriction and then go off the deep end like Mm -hmm. fairly quickly. Um, I think nutrition has a bad stigma, not so much because it's a bad word. I think because a lot of people don't understand complicated because you have to be educated on it. So me personally, I don't like the word dieting. Like Mm -hmm. it's just not really in my vocabulary. I prefer to tell, you know, tell my clients, let's just eat healthier. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not about dieting and cutting out entire food groups. Obviously, if you do have, you know, food sensitivities and things of that nature, then, then maybe, you know, it does require you cutting out certain food groups not just to be healthier but to have better gut health and things like that as well which you know is a big part of your overall health you could be eating good foods and healthy foods but you might have allergies or sensitivities to something you're still going to feel bloated and lethargic so Mm -hmm. i think just the word dieting is just it's very much associated with fad diets Mm -hmm. and whatever is in the media and whatever is being pushed out there whatever product it is Um, And the nutrition, I think, is just a misunderstood word that can be overwhelming to people because not everyone has the knowledge of what foods are, you know, nutrient dense, which ones aren't, you know, what's in everything. And nobody wants to sit and read an entire nutrition label of everything that they eat either. Yeah, that's I mean, you hit the nail on the head with those things. I think, again, it is misconception. You know, it's a lot of the things that it's misunderstood. You know, and I think for us, what excites us is is having nutrition as such a big part of the strong society is unraveling that and being able to say, you know what, it's not X, Y, and Z. It could look like this. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what we're trying to do is really trying to educate and especially with this with this episode, food being such a huge, huge talking point, um, we want to make sure that a lot of these things are really clear right across the board. But so speaking of nutrients, we talk a lot about macronutrients, like what we do when we work with clients, especially it was, is essentially looking at where their goals are, where their current baseline is, what their energy expenditure looks like, you know, are they sedentary? Are they active? Are they really active, you know, professionally, whatever the case may be. And we look to see what their goal is and how their nutrition can factor into that. For me, some of the past clients I've worked with, it's been freaking amazing when you adjust 
just what their nutrition and eating habits are and you say, look, I'm not even going to recommend a full week of workouts just yet. Do super, like continue what you're doing. Maybe they're like working out one, two days a week, but you change some of those, those eating habits and nutrition patterns. And man, that is insane. And it still blows my mind because it's so amazing how the body works where you can make small tweaks like that and you start seeing those results. Yeah. Nutrition, it's, it's super underestimated that you can make small changes in what you're eating and see big changes in your body. Um, with minimal working out, you know, you don't have to work out five, six days a week. Mm-hmm. You can, I, I have clients who they just aren't working out. So they're, you know, they don't have time for it, but they have time to go for a walk every day. And they, you know, they do that with their kids and it's a family thing. So that allows them to be present with their family without, you know, having to go to the gym for an hour. And, right. and that's great. You know, they're creating healthy habits for their children as well. You know, but on the flip side, they're maintaining what they're eating. They're, you know, monitoring that and they might not even be tracking macros, but they're practicing portions or they're just being mindful. Portion control. And that goes such a long way and they start seeing changes and then they're able to maintain them. And that's yeah. the goal, right? To never revert fully back to where you started, which is one of the things that does happen a lot with dieting yeah. is you do once you stop following that strict diet yeah. then you're going to revert back and i think that's a big goal for us with all of our clients is we want them to get to whatever their goal is whether it's a weight or a size for us personally i think it's overall health mm-hmm. but having them be able to sustain that long after you know their plan is is finished and be able to see them you know years from now still living that healthy lifestyle yeah, most definitely. And we talk about macros, guys, macronutrients, your three big macros, protein, carbs, fats. I'm pretty sure everybody has heard about these. Um, we all know protein really goes to, towards muscle growth. When you look at what the protein intake that you have, you know, some people, there's a lot of research out there saying, you know, if you consume too much protein, it spills over, it starts being stored differently. It's used obviously for energy stores as a backup, but aim for one gram of protein per body weight. Your carb fat um, intake are used for energy. So um, essentially going to the gym, you should be, you know, using the carbs and fat that you have kind of stored with you and using that as your fuel. Um, Carbs should be looking at around 1.5 gram per pound of body weight and then fat about 0.2 gram, 0.3 gram per fat. And I think that's... You can see how that fat is definitely lower on the scale, which is always the easiest to hit and the hardest to, oh, yeah. <laughs> to not exceed you look at and and what's crazy we'll go we'll talk a little bit about like when you and i did those competitions having this super super dialed in was was really challenging right when we're setting for ourselves 40 grams of fat for the entire day you can actually get 40 grams of fat in one meal and way more than one meal. Yeah, but then also I think those competitions were helpful because now I would never put that much fat in one meal. Absolutely. Because I feel not only does it like, you know, store, but I don't feel good right. after that. Like if you're having lunch and you have 40 grams of fat in one meal, you're not going to be productive after. No. So I Absolutely. think, you know, having the competitions and obviously a big thing with that was eating every two, right. three hours, breaking up you know, whatever said macros you had allowed within all those meals actually mm-hmm. helped me, you know, feel good and have energy all day long. It's a lot of education during that process. Yeah. And I think what you're talking about, especially if you're eating that heavy meal, your body has to spend a lot of energy to break that down. Why do you think so many of us get tired after lunch, you know, and a lot of times we're eating too fast, which I'm guilty of. And then having to break all that down is really, your body is just really being overworked. And so as Ashley was mentioning, 
we're easily consuming way too much fat. And a lot of it is saturated fat. A lot of it's all are those those fried foods, those oils, things like that. And and again, there are good good oils like olive oil. There are good fats, you know, your you know, monosaturated, polyunsaturated, and then also peanuts, nuts, things like that. But the excess fat guys, it's not getting used for muscle. It's not, it's it's being stored. And so as you look at macronutrients, and so since we we practice tracking macros with the strong society, um, for clients who are aiming to reach specific goals, but actually for those who are listening right now, like right for someone who just learned right now, like hey, this is what macros are. Like it's a lot to con- to consider, right? This is why nutrition is so confusing. So do I have to? If I don't have a specific goal, I don't want to be this particular physique athlete or anything. Is it really necessary for me to track macros as I go to HEB, as I go to the to Wegmans, as I go to any grocery store? to really have to track these macros for every meal? Not necessarily. Um, You don't have to track macros for every single meal. Um, I do recommend it if you do have a specific goal because if you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to put on muscle, you have to make sure that you're having, you know, the right amount of protein, carbs, and things like that. If you're working out, we need to make sure you're having the right amount of fuel or you are going to feel like, you know, you're dragging ass midday and stuff. Or you're going to be asking in the end to be like, why am I not reaching this goal? Exactly. Running like a hamster on a wheel. Yeah. On a hamster wheel, not on (laughs) a hamster on a roller coaster wheel. But but I think, um, a lot of times people do get overwhelmed by macros and that's why it's a big thing for us to where, you know, we do educate our clients on what mm-hmm. macros are, why they need them. We give them a guide so they understand what foods have protein, what foods have carbs, what foods mm-hmm. have fats. And after a while, they're able to eyeball stuff. And, you know, they, they, they can look at the portion and say, this is about four ounces. This mm-hmm. is about a cup of rice. This is whatever. And that's the goal that we want to work up Absolutely. to. We don't want people having to measure Be you so know, stressed foods about for the rest macros, of their yep. life. But it is a good starting point for somebody who is just starting out and they just want to be healthier and just make healthier decisions. I don't think that you need to track macros per se, but I do think that you need to pay attention to nutrition labels Mm -hmm. because I think for me, before I was educated on what nutrition was and what nutrition facts were in each food, I would eat something that... I thought was healthy mm-hmm. because, you know, people, we don't, we didn't know, you know, people don't know what's in everything. And maybe it was a healthier version of something, but it was still super high in fat and had very low protein. Mm-hmm. And then I'm working out and I'm like, my muscles aren't growing. I just, I'm gaining weight. Well, yeah, my fat intake compared to my protein. So I think look at what's on nutrition labels mm-hmm. and you can kind of see how much protein and fat is in there. And that gives you an idea of what your portion size should or could be based on, you know, your current stats. But that's going to be yelling at you yeah, from a nutrition label. If the fat's like significantly higher than the protein, you might want to skip that. Mm-hmm. Just think of it like that. That's a simple, you know, rule of thumb for me. I want to make sure that, you know, my protein's higher on something because protein is usually a little bit higher are harder to hit for most people. It's also not like as fun to hit. Right. You know, carbs, we, we love them. Everyone loves carbs. It's mm-hmm. easier to hit. And also fruit is a big thing. Fruit's great. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, vitamins, nutrients in it. However, a lot of fruits do contain higher carbs. So if you are tracking and really wanting to hit something, you might be having a protein shake with three bananas. Yes, that's healthy, but also you just consumed a lot of extra calories that probably didn't seem. Yeah. So I think a couple easy ways to get started without tracking macros is 
take a look at a nutrition label and just kind of see, you know, what's in food and be mindful of that. And then practice a plate method, which mm-hmm. is, you know, half of your plate should be what your protein source is. So if you're having, you know, chicken or steak or fish, you know, half of that plate should be that. And then just kind of take a look at what that is. And then your fats and carbs could be broken up into the other half. You know, mm-hmm. you can have, you want to add some veggies for sure. And then maybe like some rice or some potatoes or whatever it is, and your starches. And then most of the time, if you're having steak, it does have a little bit of fat. So does right. fish, it has healthy fats. So, you know, there are resources out there that can give you guidance. Our, 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 app. our Instagram has a lot of stuff on there, our app. Um, so there are different things to help educate you, but I think following portion guides and being mm-hmm. mindful and just everything in moderation. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you, I mean, so many great points there, but I think you hit the nail on the head with the whole, the whole goal here, guys, you know, if you're wanting to live a sustainable, flexible, yet still a healthy lifestyle, it's not about being super crazy over macros. You know, it's about getting to the point where you understand what you're consuming, understand what you're purchasing. And like Ashley was mentioning, looking at nutrition labels because they give you that telltale sign of what you're what you're buying and what you're going to be making at home. You know, if if the fat content is extremely high and and you know that that's an easy way to say like I'm going to go overboard on this, then then you don't get that. You know, I think it's just a matter of when you have a specific goal if you're not on both sides of the scale, if you're not consuming enough calories to reach that goal, then you're always going to be asking like, man, I'm not hitting my goal weight. I'm trying to put on size. I'm trying to put on muscle, but yet my I'm not eating enough, right? And so if you aren't tracking that kind of stuff, then that could really backfire. And on the opposite end of that is where we see a lot of clients where they're saying, I'm trying to, to lose weight. I'm trying to get to this point, but you're also not necessarily aware of what you're eating, then you're probably eating too much you're probably consuming way too many calories and you're expending and burning and so you have to really understand that and so i think the goal for us especially with the strong society is getting to a point where we're educating you know our clients and people out there to to say these are the things that we want them thinking about whenever they're making food at home whenever they're going to the grocery store to buy some some food um, going out to eat all that stuff is the choices that we're making um, and how they go towards our life and towards our goals. But we speak a lot, you know, obviously we talking about nutrition, talked about macronutrients. You mentioned it earlier about dieting and some of the, the big stigma around dieting, because a lot of time when they hear the word diet, they think of either one, a quick fix or two, I tried something, it didn't work. So why do I want to hear this? But what do you think, I guess, when you when you hear dieting, I know I know you don't like it, but is there something that you would recommend as far as the diet goes? Is there a right answer? What, what do you think? I think the best diet or the best, yeah, the best diet for anyone is the one that they can stick to consistently because I, mm-hmm. I, I've seen people have great progress with, you know, paleo diets. I sure. have people have great progress with keto, with vegetarian, with whatever. And I think if you find something that you generally enjoy the foods that you're eating and that it makes you, you can stick to it long-term, that's how you're going to see progress. So the best diet to me is the one that you can stick to consistently mm-hmm. because no diet will work if you're inconsistent with it. Absolutely. So find something that works for you and, and stick with it and commit to it. And with committing to something, you're committing to a lifestyle change. Right. So when you start a new diet, make sure that that's something that 
you want to have like follow like you're going to do that and i think it's doing the research too is yeah. not not just jumping on the bandwagon because other people are trying it because yes you might go down that route and say you know what I've, I've heard a lot of great things i've seen some of my closest friends do it so i'm gonna go ahead and try that awesome but like ash is mentioning you know there's a process and usually some longevity to it it's not just a matter of i'm going to try this for two weeks and if it doesn't work i'm throwing in the towel because what diet lasts for two weeks it takes like four weeks just for your body to adjust that's why we adjust macros every you know four or as needed some people Mm -hmm. some clients don't need macro adjustments regularly because their body's just working really well Mm -hmm. on the flip side of that i have clients who do take in higher protein, higher carbs. Some clients, their body actually works better with higher fat than higher carb. It just depends. So really learning and understanding your body is going to be the biggest thing. But I think, you know, to go back to it, there's no diet is better than the other. It really just depends on you and your body and your lifestyle. You know, if you're not working out something right easier might work for you if you are working out you're going to need more of something and there's so many things like you you mentioned paleo you mentioned keto vegan vegetarian um carnivore diet like there's so many different things that can be done out there so many different diets and we're not saying you guys shouldn't try them i just think it's a matter of everybody's different you got to find what works for you and also be able to stick with it and say you know what okay i'm going to try this process for x y and z amount of time and then take it from there and really do your research you know take notes and again like you mentioned which is really nicely said is just a matter of you'll find what works for you because you stick with it and it's it's serving a good purpose in your life right yeah so I know we did mention, you know, the vegan diet too. And I know you've been vegan for, you know, going on 16 months now, you know, almost yeah, two crazy. years. Um, so I wanted to yeah. you say two years. Like, yeah, shit. it's I mean, it's almost two years. But what was your motivation to get started on it? Obviously, I know what your motivation mm-hmm. was. Um, but what was your motivation to get you started? And how have you been able to sustain it this long? Because I know I was not quite able mm-hmm. to, you know, I have been eating fish pretty regularly. Um, no other animal products, but what was, what's your motivation for it? What kind of drives you to stick with it? It's the animals. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, I do love animals, but, um, I think a lot of it just had to do with gut health, doing a lot more of my research on gut health. And we didn't even talk about like fiber, you know, the low intake that everybody takes of fiber is, is pretty crazy. And, and that plays a huge part to gut health. And there's a lot of research out there about it as well. But I really wanted to to go down this vegan route just because I wanted to see just how plant-based diet can really serve not only to my healthier lifestyle, but just to like my gut health, um, just anything like skin issues, you know, things that can just really progress in the right direction. And then for me, of course, being a big advocate for animals and whatnot, knowing all the research, you know, on, on, you know, how cattle are taken care of in some areas and, and, and whatnot. I don't want to go down that entire, entire route, but I think there was just a lot of those types of motivations. And so the biggest thing that really kind of kept me going now going close to two years is to be intentional with it. I had conviction with it and being able to say, you know what, I'm going to go down this, this route and I'm going to stick with it. And it, it, I haven't had any, any second guessing, second thoughts or anything like that. And, and I think I tried this, 
um, man, it must've been about four years ago. I tried to go on a vegan diet. And I think that one of the first things I ate was lentils. <laughs> and it was just disgusting. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay, I don't think this vegan thing's going to work for me. And so I tried it for a week and, and it was just not happening. Um, but at that point it was just a matter of, I had seen a couple of people doing it. And so I was like, let me just try to see what it's all about. But there wasn't a different purpose and, and drive and goal for it. This time around, I had a deeper, a deeper feeling and meaning. And so it was a no, no brainer. I think some of the, the positives I would say was just a matter of more energy. You know, I have more energy kind of going day to day. It's, um, I just feel a lot healthier, less stomach issues, things like that. Um, helping the environment in any way I can as possible. Um, and I would say the upfront challenges are looking back at your macronutrients, you know, getting the amount of protein that you should be getting in, especially with the limited plant options. So you'll have like tofu, tempeh, soy, you know, all the chickpeas, black beans, you know, all your types of things. And of course, lentils right up in there, but um, being able to, to get creative with the recipes and, and that's been my, my kind of goal. And I think at this point, I don't even second guess a lot of things. And so I have a lot of my staple meals that I eat, you know, I eat, I drink a shake every day or two and with, with plant-based protein. And so, um, I would say for some of the challenges, if there are people out there listening who have been considering, or maybe even saying, man, I wonder if I'd be able to do that. My biggest, biggest piece of advice would be to get crystal clear on your purpose and your why for doing it, because that'll be the quickest way for you to throw in the towel, just like I did the first time, um, those four years ago, but really getting getting purposeful and intentional with why you want to do it and then from there start doing some research on what are going to be the good select proteins that i can look for what are they going to be good select carbs which there are many carbs out there you just have to and for sure like this is something where that it's non-negotiable you have to be able to look at nutrition labels because you know every packaging now either has that it's vegan friendly or it'll have the restrictions on the back saying um, this contains milk contains eggs contains nuts whatever you're allergic to so being very being very aware of that but yeah everything's been so far so good and i know for you 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 lasted a good while too and i and i still consider like you are what, like pescatarian. pescatarian you're partial yeah. vegan still because i mean there you don't you don't touch dairy you don't touch milk anything like that and so you don't no chicken no meat no. and so you know I'm, i save the fish you don't no, i'm just kidding <laughs> balance it out <laughs> there's good. a lot of them <laughs> but um yes yeah, so, i mean it's been it's been pretty sweet so far but um another really great topic and and I wouldn't know, I wouldn't be calling it dieting or nutrition, but the topic of fasting, that's something that I incorporated back in 2020 after doing my research on it. And again, I've, I've said it a couple of times on podcast episodes, but getting up to a 230 pound weight that I got to, it, I began to feel really sluggish and I wasn't vegan at that time. So I was just eating, you know, eggs and rice, black beans, chicken, burgers, meat, and you know, I'm surprised you still love me. I mean, I did. That just goes to show how much I married you that year when you oh, were that's like right. eating like that. I'm like, I'm locking you up. I'm whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got up to 230 pounds. And so when, when COVID hit, 
you know, and we couldn't go to the gym or anything. I had to make some changes. And that's when I really, I was like, you know, I'm going to start incorporating fasting. And so what fasting is guys, for those who are unaware of it is essentially not consuming calories. So you can, for any given amount of time, you're fasting. So there can be a 16, eight split. So 16 hours of fasting, eight is your eating window which that's what I practiced. There's other fasts and splits. Of course, there's a 24 hour split. I tried that one time. I got up to like hour 21 or 22 and oh my gosh, that is, that is challenging. So think about, it sounds, it sounds crazy, but if you put it in perspective, okay, I ate dinner, but I'm not going to eat dinner. I'm not going to eat until dinner again tomorrow. But yeah, essentially, you know, fasting, it really goes to some of the pros here would be weight loss for sure, improved fat burning, improved sugar control, heart health, decreased inflammation, um, a lot of a lot of pros essentially. Um, during that fast, you can consume water. You can consume coffee. There are some, you know, some... Yeah, so I, I have like mixed feelings about having coffee on an empty stomach. Mm-hmm. If you do have like high blood pressure, um, if you have anxiety, it's probably not the best. Right. And also... Yep. If you're somebody who suffers from like heartburn or acid reflux, you know, if you consume coffee on an empty stomach, it does produce, you know, that stomach acid and citric acid. So it does, you yeah. know, you might experience more bloating or just like pain, stomach discomfort pains, in yep. your pain. So I think those are just, you know, things to be mindful, be mindful of. Yeah. I think, you know, water, green tea, things yeah. like that. Under or, 30 calories essentially yeah. would still be considered a fast. And so just be mindful of that but of course with with those pros there are also cons for instance if your goal is to put on size and you're waking up and you're going to work out fasted you have to be mindful of that and be careful and again back to trial and error you want to make sure how does my body feel i like to wake up and work out fasted and um, it feels pretty good you know i'm just aware that after my workouts i definitely need to get a meal in so that way you can build up those muscles properly and you won't see so much of a negative effect with waking up and working out fasted. Yeah, or I think also if if your goal is to put on muscle and you're fasting, that's fine because you can be putting on, you want to maybe work out after you eat your first meal. Definitely. Don't work out fasted unless unless your goal is for fat loss. So, you know, some people... It's hit or miss with that, honestly. I have clients who do do intermittent fasting. It just works better for them. They prefer to eat in a shorter window. They still hit their macros within that window. Mm -hmm. So they're still putting on muscle because they're still eating at a caloric surplus. Yeah. I was just a psycho. I did like to work out intermittent fasting because like I just felt like supercharged in the morning. And so again, I think it's, it's really try what works and feels good to you. Um, Again, a lot that you guys notice with, with, health and wellness and fitness and dieting nutrition it's a lot of trial and error it's understanding what your body is capable of does it fit does it does it work well with you and and again with fasting guys some of the other cons are going to be those hunger urges headaches um it's almost feeling like withdrawal because you're so used to eating certain meals and so you'll get headaches dizziness nausea so you i don't know if i'm selling it here <laughs> i'm like wow this is freaking amazing <laughs> but i don't know if i'm selling it here but it's just it's stating out the facts guys again we're not we're not recommending fasting we're just saying this is another one of those um those kind of things that are effective for weight loss and i'll be first to say it like fasting has been amazing you know i've done it for several several years and 
until I got to a point where it's being vegan and fasting was getting really tricky for me at times because my size was really going away and I also had to really overload my eating within that eight hour window. So what I started doing was incorporating um, some breakfast before I would go to the gym now. And so again, guys, playing around with, with that on your own body, of course, but you know, a ton of great information provided today, but of course we have listeners who maybe aren't on their fitness journey just yet. You know, Ashley, how can we start today to make these small positive changes in our nutrition and in our diet? I think the biggest way to start making changes um, is just being mindful of what you're consuming and setting yourself up for success, right? So if you're somebody who eats out a lot or grabs lunch out every day of the week when you're working, start prepping your lunches. Keep them simple. You don't have to overdo it. You don't have to you know, have anything crazy. Um, I think another big thing that I encounter when I, you know, have new clients or onboard them is that we find that they're dehydrated. They're not consuming enough water. So a lot of times you're hungry and you feel like you're hungry, but really your body is dehydrated and needs water. So if you're consuming an adequate amount of water, the right amount of water, then you're not going to be so hungry. You're not going to be craving so many things because you're hydrated. And a lot of times it's your body's telling you one thing, but we're misinterpreting it. So we think that we're hungry and we need food, but really we just need more water. So I think making sure that you're drinking, you know, three liters to a gallon of water, you know, ease into it. We don't expect you to go. Uh, some, I know people who start, you know, 24 ounces of mm-hmm. water is what they're drinking. We're going to increase that every couple of weeks until we can get you up to drinking a gallon. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing with nutrition. A lot of the stigma is that you're overeating i encounter a lot of people who are under eating certain macros because they don't understand what it is so making sure that you're giving yourself the right amount of fuel so that you feel good so that you can get and go in and get those workouts in but i would say honestly just setting yourself up for success and in the beginning you might have to starve like distractions so maybe avoid buying certain foods and keeping them Mm -hmm. so accessible at home so if you know you're somebody who loves to mindlessly snack on candy when you're watching tv maybe don't buy candy maybe let's buy some fruit and snack on fruit and nuts or find different healthier versions of stuff that you're normally snacking on so even if you're still snacking mindlessly it's better options for you and then just you know making balanced meals Mm -hmm. just focusing on making sure that you're having vegetables you're having you know a healthy carb and then you're having you know some protein in everything that you're eating yeah absolutely and it's like small little small little changes today guys i think it is the biggest kind of focus here but i'm glad that you brought up um staying hydrated because that's a huge point i think especially even when we get like those midday headaches when we often think that you know, we're just hungry at this point. A lot of oh, times, we need more coffee. <laughs> oh, we need more coffee. But a lot of times, it's because of lack of lack of uh, water and also lack of oxygen to the brain. And so it's it basically going back to like certain breathing techniques and whatnot. But staying hydrated is a huge, huge part of that. And then you mentioned a little bit about you know prepping your meals. I think that's a huge point too that really helped us stay on track. Is is not only saving money when oh, you're going yeah. to work, but yeah, that definitely saves. You know, I've had times where I don't prep any meals and I eat out or I order food throughout the week, and you can easily spend a hundred over a hundred dollars on just lunches. And then you feel like shit. It's not even sufficient enough. Yeah, versus like you know we go grocery shopping. Yeah, every week we spend you know a hundred or two hundred dollars, but that's breakfast, lunch, and dinner mm-hmm. for like. And snacks in days. between yeah. and, and all so. sorts of stuff. And a lot of times it's like laundry detergent, a lot of other things. So if you think about loading up on your grocery run 
and and plan out your meals. I think you're you're great at doing that because before we go to the grocery store, you write out our meals and say, okay, what do we want to make this week? So that way we're not going during the week and spending more money than we than we like. And Whole Foods is always taking our money, so we we want to. I like Whole Foods. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Um, but I think just on y'all's grocery run, making small tweaks, um, there is this one thing I can't remember at this point, but it was years ago, even if you're starting out and you say, I want to incorporate, I think it was like salad for seven days, one salad a day, right? Add that to your daily routine, not even take things out of your, of your, um, meals just yet, but add that to your daily routine, start there. And then after a while, as you start understanding how food is making you feel, um, I think that's the biggest thing when you start making these changes. Um, when you're doing your grocery runs, we gave you a lot of great information about nutrition labels and kind of being mindful of that. But you'll start noticing as you're making these positive changes in your nutrition and your and your eating habits and purchasing habits, your grocery runs are pretty similar to them every single week, right? You don't start straying too far off. Like I think those are the moments when you start trying new things, when you're like, oh, this isn't usually what... Um, I purchase, it starts messing with you. I think for us, like when I get something that I've never tried before and I'm like, oh, let's try this, you know, my stomach will probably hurt the next day. You're just not used to it, you know? And I think you brought, you made a, an awesome post recently about eating out habits. And, and I don't know if you want to elaborate on that. There's a couple of, of restaurants and spots that you had mentioned. Yeah. So I think, uh, a big struggle or I think a big stigma too, that I really like to, or I aim to break is that you can't have a social life and a healthy lifestyle because a lot of times, you know, having a social life, it goes hand in hand with going out for lunches, going out for mm-hmm. dinner, going out for happy hour, going out for all these things. Um, <clears throat> and I think as a society, we place a huge like focus on food and alcohol mm-hmm. as like, you know, being social, which, you know, it it is what it is. <laughs> we practice discipline, moderation mm-hmm. always. But I think there are places that you can go eat. And honestly, nowadays, there's so many restaurants that, they always have a healthier version of what you can have. But, you know, I did make a post on a couple quick places. I know fast food obviously is like a big people just are like, oh, it's horrible. But we still all sometimes it's just convenient. It's right. the only thing. So there are places that you can pop in and you can still get something healthy. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not the healthiest thing you could ever eat, but it's healthier than other places. You know, Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. has, you know, grilled nuggets and stuff like that. And, you know, you can have grilled chicken nuggets from chick-fil-a yeah. you can and we talked like, about that like traveling yeah. for the holidays like being making yeah. those moderating there's, choices there's a lot of things you know chipotle has you know granted maybe you don't want to eat the whole bowl from chipotle in one sitting because it's freaking huge but you could break that up and you know have half now have half later mm-hmm. or limit certain things in it and maybe stay away from some of the fats to add more protein or whatever but i think you know you can you can have both you can mm-hmm. go out to eat, you can have a social life, and you can still be healthy and have a healthy lifestyle. It really just depends on moderation and portion control. That's the exciting part about it. I think for me personally, and I know you probably feel the same way, is that nutrition doesn't have to be this big stigma and the reason why we don't start our fitness journey and, and towards a healthier lifestyle. Because as you guys have, have heard throughout this episode is that changes can happen in moderation and that's super exciting like our bodies are really adaptable to those types of things and the moment you make changes to your intake to your nutrition and these little steps are going to compound and you'll you'll be so surprised at the changes that you see 
just based off of little tweaks like this. I, I mean, if I'm surprised myself, I'm like, holy crap, like it's insane how the human body is and, and that's really exciting. And I think, um, you know, the small changes, I heard something that it's like, you don't have to do a lot for a little bit, do less for longer. Mm-hmm. So like making those small changes, but they're small and they're easier to maintain so you can do them for a longer term and you'll still see progress just at a slower pace, but progress is progress, big or small. So yeah. you have to celebrate that. Psychologically, those are those those gratification awards that we need, you know, in these types of journeys for sure. But um yeah, in the end guys, I mean everybody everybody's different. We're all different. We all have to try different things. But the main goal is to lead a healthier lifestyle, not only for ourselves, for generations to come, to practice these good behaviors, these good habits, and and not be afraid to to challenge yourself and step into your health and wellness journey because it's not as scary as it seems. And a lot of the stuff, you know, talking about food is exciting. It's exciting to get creative, exciting with your meals, your desserts, going out, um, being able to be flexible and have that sustainable life. But that's it, guys. We want to thank you so much for joining Ashley and me on today's episode. We hope that we were able to provide some insightful information surrounding nutrition, dieting, and hopefully some helpful tips on how we can have our cake and still eat it too. Um, Essentially, our goal with The Strong Society is to really break down those barriers and the stigma surrounding nutrition so we can help our clients not only see the results they are looking for, but can do so without needing to go off the deep end with crazy dieting and getting trapped into all these stigmas. But be sure to check us out via Spotify and Apple Podcasts as we upload content weekly and also on our Instagram and Facebook pages for more information so we can help you towards your health and wellness goals. But as we all know, 2023 is rapidly approaching, guys. And if you are looking to start your fitness journey and be a part of an amazing, strong society community, we'd love to see how Ashley and I can serve and support you. So be sure to reach out to us. We can set up a free call at no commitment to you. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. Later. Later.